gentlemen, it's time for your Colorado Avalanche. Avalanche. So go and kick it off. Mike and Micro D. Actually, hold up. Micro D, did you watch the game yesterday? I did not. Oh, that's strike one. Did you listen to it on the radio? <laughs> no, I didn't I didn't catch it. That's strike two. Do you know who the Colorado Avalanche are? That I do know. Okay. All right. And who's your favorite ice girl? My favorite ice girl? That's you. All right. Go ahead and erase one of his strikes. Done. Cool. All right. So the Colorado Avalanche played yesterday. Uh, you know what? I'm going to have to get your opinion on something here because you said you're a big hockey guy here. All right. Uh, so in a minute, I'm going to have to need. I'm going to need to get your opinion on something. But to start off, they played the Calgary Flame. No, I'm sorry, the Detroit <laughs> Red Wings, the other red team. Wow, the other red team. Anyways, um, they played the Detroit Red Wings, and for a while, uh, what's their, who's their guard, uh, goaltender, Howard, um, what's his first name, James Howard, Jonathan Howard, something Howard, it's J- Jimmy Howard, there we go, I knew it started with a J, uh, could not solve him for the first part of the game, actually went into the first intermission down one nothing to the Red Wings, a Red Wings team that is just garbage. I mean, they're one of, one of, if not the worst team in all of the NHL. And we went down one nothing. Opened up the second period with two early goals. But when I say early, I mean both goals coming within the first three minutes of the second period. One by Kadri, one to, by McKinnon. Both actually the primary assist goes to McCarr, and the secondary assist went to Rantanen. So, two points right there for the Moose and Kale. And then Kadri throws one up in the third, and that that's really all that was needed. The game was basically over at that point. Final score of this game was 6-2-3. Your Avalanche win. Great way to go into the break here. We're on a five-game point streak three game winning streak um going back to pittsburgh we lost overtime then dallas lost in overtime but then sharks blues wings three straight wins basically have two weeks off here since we don't play again until saturday the first against the philadelphia flyers now with that said let's go and take a look at the last we'll we'll say last three games Let's compare goalies. No, don't let's, do the last. Let's, don't no. That is way too small. Okay, you so gotta go like last go month. No, yeah. no, no, no. Let's just go last three, last three games. You no, because you're only choosing a sample size that goes let's go in last your favor. Let's go last five games. The last, the last month, the better goaltender has been Francis. If you're talking about last three games, yes, better goaltender has been Grubauer. He had the shutout against the Blues. And then the last two games, both goalies gave up three goals apiece in their games. Correct, correct. 
So if you're just going back three games, you're just going back to the last game that Grubauer did well. And he did phenomenal. A shutout against the Sharks. A great game. Phenomenal game. I also said we'll go back to the last five games where Grubauer gave up, you know, the overtime loss. But you know what, Mike? It's it's your call, man. All, all I want to hear from you is say is, you know what? Grubauer is showing up when he needs to. He's being a good goalie. That's all I want to hear you say. His last couple opportunities, well, two out of his last three opportunities, yes, he's he's shown up enough, especially against the Sharks, clearly. Now, who do you foresee getting the start against the Flyers? It will probably be Grubauer because the Bednar has ridden with Grubauer as goalton as goalie number one, basically the entire season. Even even with this break coming up, you don't see Francis coming in and, and getting that start. No, if anything, the break leans itself more towards Grubauer. Uh, just because since Grubauer is viewed and, and you know after last season should be viewed as a goaltender as the number one goaltender. So you get a break, you get yourself right in the mind, and hopefully he comes back and he gets back to to the version of Grubauer we had late last season and in the playoffs of last season. All right, all right, Micro D, what's your what's your take on this? You know, I don't know that I have a take on this. All right, so so okay. <laughs> You're coming in kind of halfway through the story, I guess. Last, what was it, Wednesday? I think it was last yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, something like that. Uh, we had a spirited discussion here about who was playing better at goalie for the rock, for the Avalanche. Uh, the Philip Grubauer with his goals allowed average at 2.82 and save percentage of 9.10. Or Francis with his gold allow, goal allow average of two point four five and a nine and a save percentage of nine twenty four. You could make a good argument either way, I think. And then he also wanted to bring in who you know just winning games. One goaltender had a record of has a record of fourteen ten and four, where the other twelve four and two, a much better win percentage. But he wanted to ignore all of these stats that are irrefutable stats, black and white stats, that Francis was playing better than Grubauer. And you see, Micro D, Mike likes to look at, at his stats, his numbers. I look at who gets the dubs. And I That's literally I just no, I literally just told you because the winning percentage is better for Francis. Because Literally just told you the winning percentage the is better W's for Francis. Are what matter. Not, and not the percentage, the W's. And if Landed so, Civil, just no, say, Mike, no, W's. No. W's are important. The percentage matters if you want to go off of wins for no, goalies. No, yes, it W's does. are important. You can only win so many games you're given the opportunity for. W's are important regardless of who is in the net. W's are important, yes. Okay, thank you. Groob has more W's in the net. Francis has the better W percentage. Point blank this season. Who has more W's in the net? Grubauer. Thank you. Who has more losses in the net? Who has more losses in the net? Grubauer. Who has the most wins in the net this season? And who has over double the amount of losses? Grubauer. Grubauer Correct. 
Plain and simple. And who has more than Groove double has, the amount of losses? Who has more than double the amount of losses? Grubauer does. See? Point see blank, period. Do you see what I got to deal with? Logic. <laughs> Logic. Now, if Grubauer can get back to the where he was last season at the end, that's best for the Rockies because he was great in the playoffs last year. He was great for the last month of the season last year. My point was that at that point and for the last couple months, Francis had been far outperforming Grubauer. And that's just irrefutable. All I'm saying, my dear Mike, my friend, my fellow co-host on the show, who has the most W's? You're looking at one out of it, a it handful of stats. It the only matter. stat that Grubauer is winning in. We are in the the standing. We are in second place for a reason because of W's. Correct? Yes. Ninety percent of those W's are from who? Uh, Being that in the is net. Inaccurate. Being in the net. He has two more wins than Francis. Two more wins for for the entire season. Yes. Okay. Two so, more wins. So, then and the 90% is inaccurate. Two more so wins we'll go with the 52%. and six more losses. We'll go with the 52% of two, the reason. Two more wins and six more losses he has. So, so if you want to go by blame, wins. We're just going to blame the, the losses on, on group, right? We're not going to sit there and, and take a look at Francis taking the take, And you don't want to look at right? the fact that the only that potentially the only reason Grubauer has more wins is because he's in net more often. He's been in net. Because he is the better goalie. He's been in net for 28 games where Francis has been in net for 18 games. He's had 10 more opportunities and it's only come up with two more wins. He's in the more net opportunities more. He's in the net more because he's the better goalie. And only two more wins. No, he is in the net because he's a better goalie. Statistically, that's inaccurate. But let's move on. So, when you're talking about other stats, a um, couple guys, McKinnon, second in the NHL in points this season. Um, Francis is ninth in the NHL in, say, in goals allowed per game. Defenseman of all defensemen, McCarr, is tied for seventh in points. But he's leading all rookies in points at 37. And like you said, the Colorado Avalanche are currently second in the Central. Now, second in the Central will get you the third seed in the Pacific Division. Who, at this moment, if my phone will cooperate with me. Right now, Pacific has uh, the Calgary. Canucks. Has the Canucks at, in first place in the Pacific. Oilers, then Calgary. So if the season ended right now, we'd be playing the Flames again in a series first round. Which I could see. I don't see it going game seven with them. I see I see five games. That's what it was last year. I, I Was it a lot? I thought it was seven games last year. No, seven games in second round. Both the, Nuggets, okay. Okay. both the Nuggets playoff matches went seven games. Avs dominated the Flames. And I don't know that I would see another domination. I would probably see it going at least six, uh, just because the Flames they have they have pride, <laughs> and they do have some good players. I don't see them letting themselves. If this was to be the matchup, getting just embarrassed by the Avs two two years in a row. All right, we'll we'll see what's up. We'll see what's up. Uh, point percentage is one that I really like to look at when it comes to the NHL. Uh, and as far as 
point percentage, the Colorado Avalanche are seventh in the NHL, having 63.3% of potential points. Hmm. Very interesting. All-star rosters are also finalized now. Unfortunately for your Colorado Avalanche, the only player to make it this year was McKinnon. Uh, McCarr was a candidate for the last man in. He was the the Avalanche candidate for last man in. He did not get in. uh, I believe it was uh, Petrangelo, I want to say, from the Blues that ended up getting that spot. So how how do you feel about that? Uh, the the Avalanche, right now the second best team in the entire Western Conference, gets one guy in to the All Stars. Well, I mean, if if, if you look at Landeskog, if you look at uh, Ratnin, I mean, they they're out how many games? A lot, you know. And and like we spoke earlier off air, these guys are all-star material they deserve to be on there but the lack of the games because of injuries doesn't fall in their favor you know what i mean all right so d defensive wise the only you know the only player that's really had that i mean ryan graves has had a great season i'm not like he's had he has i believe still the best plus minus numbers in all of the nhl but I don't know that he's necessarily putting up the kind of numbers to be considered an all-star. Then you have Kale McCarr putting up fantastic offensive numbers, has some drawbacks defensively. But you're talking about going up against Roman Yossi and Alex uh, Petrangelo as the defensemen who made it for the Central Division, who are having great seasons in and of their in and of themselves. I don't know that either one of those guys could have beat out one of those. No, it's it definitely close. But, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things, man, with, with McCarr where you have to really let him come into his own and really let him focus on what he's lacking in right now before you can really push him to that all-star level, that all-star roster. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to take a break. Um, I just seen that Phil walked into the building. So we're going to talk to him about what he was doing out in the parking lot, fixing his brakes or changing his tire, whatever he had going on. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to talk about another Colorado team that also took a dub yesterday. Oh, I thought you wanted to go into breaking my heart, but I prefer to talk about happy times and sad times. I mean... If you look at it, it could go either way. If you look at it. I'm looking at it. I don't see how this could possibly make me happy. Who knows? But what I will say is you shall have fun with it. Either way. You're listening to EMP Show here on AIM Student Radio. Well, I don't know why that music wasn't playing for the intro. Because you didn't turn it on. <laughs> oh, that's why. Tell <laughs> your boy, uh, you already know what it is. Oh, my God. We're here to talk to hoops. 
talk de hoops. I had like the perfect song coming on for it. <sighs> you just kept putting the lever higher and higher. Why is it not working? <laughs> uh, Eddie, the on button. Man, rid- ridiculous. My God, man. All right, here we are back. EMP show. Phil has now joined us. Yo, what it is? What it look like? What it do? How's it going? How you living? How the people living? How's mama? How's the family? How's pops? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what's going on? How you living? It's cracking with you. Nuggets yesterday, <laughs> taking on the Timberwolves. Oh damn! Let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about that. Actually, hold up, hold up. Let's see if it works now. There we go. Got something cracking ah, for that us. One, that one's a little playground. Good. That's not bad either. All right. If you're going to go through, might as well do the middle one too. Okay. Yeah, what's good? What's cracking with y'all? Let's talk hoops. But now you're going college, man. Now you're going college. We're we're just hitting all the basketball ones. All right. All the basketball ones. All right. Yep. We're Denver in Minnesota. And it's time for top of the hour. Almost. (laughs) Denver and Minnesota yesterday, coming out with a with a good win, I would say. Especially being that we're missing like half our team. Yeah, three starters are currently out. Two that, two well, one that really hurts, and then a couple that really hurt on the defensive side of the ball in particular. I don't know, man. Not having Millsap is kind of. Uh, that's that's both ends right there, because Millsap Millsap does come clutch on offense. But he's like the quarterback of the defense, if you will. Like the the defense and positioning and everything just seems like it works so much better when you have his leadership on that end. Is of the it court. just me, Phil, or is it anytime Millsap has a terrific game and is very productive offensive wise? Mike always finds a way to drag him down. Um, what did I say just dragged him down? I was pointing oh, out how great he was for the defense. He's not really offense. He's he's more of the quarterback of the defense. Mike, why are you hating on Paul? You Bro, know, Millsap comes through clutch when he needs to come through. And I agreed with and you on that. And not having him. I'm just saying he's more of a loss no, defensively. He is more of a loss offensively. That is inaccurate. That is not inaccurate. Phil, but I tell you what, go, which, which ahead, go side ahead and go the, through your little stats. Okay, which side of the court is he more important on? Offensively or defensively, Paul Millsap? Mm. Honestly, probably both. Oh, you, you really need that guy out there for both. I mean, he's, he's not like it's not like he's an electric defender out there. Way to play Switzerland here, hey, Phil. You Thank him, you. you. need him out there so, for both. So, Micro D, what do you got? I got nothing on that. He's got Nathan on Paul. Wow. Right, Micro D, do you watch basketball at all, man? Not often. Not well, often, now often. you need to. I'm saying. What's the last basketball game you think you watched? It was within the last year. Like since January 1st? Nuggets game? Well, within the last 12 calendar months. Oh, okay. I think it was a Nuggets game? It might have been. 
Actually, I think it was the uh, Could have been Warriors. Globetrotters. It might, it might have been a middle school game, too, for all I know. It was the, oh, okay. So you just it was the L.A. Ball. Sparks against the Seattle Storm. Good teams. Good teams. <laughs> Good teams. All I'm saying, man, is, is Millsap is very missed offensive-wise and defense, but he's more missed off- offensively. See, he's yeah, I mean, even even the further I go into it, I feel like it's even. Like he's not really great on either end. He does he's just so smart on both sides. All right, he's, so you know what I mean? Here's part of my argument for why he's more missed defensively. Because one of the players really chewing up really getting more minutes, it feels like, because of the Millsap absence is MPJ. And MPJ is lighting it up offensively. He's nowhere close to being a polished product defensively. But he is he's showing consistently that you give him, you know, twenty plus minutes, he's gonna give you double digit scoring. Yeah. Uh Michael Porter gets off on offense. But that ain't got nothing to do with what Paul does. So Well yeah. it, it does have to do with how we're missing Paul more though. Because we're replacing that offense a lot more efficiently by putting in MPJ. Is that what you asked me? I thought you said what is what is he more important? Like what does he do better? Like what was the question you asked me? What was the question? How did we word <laughs> that? <laughs> so the question was, what what is Millsap better at, offense or defense? Right, right, Where right. is he missed at? Pretty much. Even. Where is he missed at? Yeah. And then Mike had to questions. bring up. All right, so those are two different questions. What's Some he better at? It's probably even. What's he more missed at? Sure, you could probably say it's a defense at this point. You may, you make, All right, a good, cool. you make a good so I'm argument right. for the def- uh, for the defense at this point. All right, and then uh, Gary Harris, also missing him. Definitely, I, he's another player that I feel like we're missing more defensively than offensively. Oh, definitely, definitely. And then Jamal Murray, probably who we're missing the most out there because – you can make the argument that he's the second best player on the team, second most important player on the team. You give me a couple more weeks, and that that opinion might change depending on how consistent we're seeing somebody else play. But Jamal Murray is the second best player on this team at this point, so we're definitely missing him. But we came out, we got a W, and that is... That's what's important. There, there's so much more to talk about this Nuggets. I mean, you know, we might have to come back and talk about yeah, that. Let's let's take a small break and we'll come back and we'll break it down a little bit more further. I'll tell you why Millsap is the man that we are missing second most. EMP show. There's dashing and dancing and prancing and fixing. EMP show coming back at you guys. And mind you, sound like Mike caught an epiphany over the break right before we came back. What'd you say there about Paul? I said he's been having a really good year shooting three. But before that, before the top of the hour, you stated, oh, Paul Millsap, he's he's like the quarterback of the defense. He's really missed on the defense. That's what he's good at. And then he's still a better defense. And then he just said he's had a great year. Shooting beyond the arc. At no point did I say he was bad offensively. I said he's do, more do missed need, defensively. Do I need play to go back? Go back. Do it. Play this. Do this it. is ridiculous, sir. Play the rewind. Do it. Seriously. At I'm, no point did I say he was bad offensively. I said he's more missed on the defensive end of the court. Assuming them cheeks. that you're stating that he is not good 
on offense. No, you're making a bad assumption. No, I am not. Yes, you Micro is. D, Micro D, what do you got to say? I got nothing. All right. Drop your two cents in there, Mike. This, this, this is between you guys. You are not you know, you're, you're you know, not even trying for a promotion here. Right wow. now. Right now, he kind of reminds me of uh you scared. Silent Bob from Jay and Silent <laughs> Bob movies. Okay. He doesn't okay. say anything. And then, you know, just outside looking in when he finally has his chance to talk, he's like, I got nothing. That's classic. That's classic right there. I like you, Silent Bob. <laughs> Silent D. But to be fair, dude, Millsap is very good on the offense. He has been very good on the offense, yes. I simply stated he's been he's more missed defensively. He is more missed offensively. Phil here, our local basketball expert of the three of us, even said he's more missed defensively. I believe Phil said he's missed on both ends. He's definitely missed on both ends. But he also said he's more missed defensively. No. He no. Yes, no, he is. No. And you're you're being ridiculous right now, Mike. With how on point I am? Thank no, you. you are not on point at all. Yes, I am. Very much so. Since I've known you, you have been a hater of Paul Millsap. I think he's overpaid. Well, you hate yes. Paul. Last semester when I think he's when overpaid. we did the EMP show. Oh, well, we, need, we just need to get rid of Millsap. He's not very productive. Correct. Uh, that, Correct. No, I before said he was that, overpaid. Before I that, said on he's the not damn worth show, what we're playing. Before that, on the damn show, with you and Dwight, you're the exact same way. Oh, Millsap, he he doesn't he he's not doing anything right now for the Nuggets. He's not very productive. And during the damn show, he really wasn't. He was not doing he was anything. Productive. He was no. He was not productive. He was. He was. But. I digress here. We'll get off of your your idiocy. But the Nuggets currently are in a three-way tie for second place in the West with the Utah Jazz and the LA Clippers. All three teams are 30 and 13 right now, trailing the Los Angeles Lakers at 34 and 9. Now, with these injuries, there has been opportunity given. Opportunity given that quite frankly, hadn't been given pretty much all season. When you're specifically talking about the one Michael Porter Jr. He is now, with these injuries, and I I can't see how you can take these minutes away from him once people are healthy, but he's now consistently getting 20-plus minutes a game. He got just under 30 minutes last night. And he's showing when you give him those numbers, he's basically a walking double-double out there on the court. For the season, Michael Porter Jr. is hitting 40.6% on his threes, okay? 53.9 overall, best on the team outside of Mason Plumley, but there's a slight asterisk next to Mason Plumley because all of his shots are like two feet away from the basket at most. Um, he's also, like I said, he's putting up, he, he's magnetic to the ball four boards that in the fact that he's six he's six ten and athletic he is great on the glass as well and get to your point he, yeah you're you're right now if this is a date he blowing the mess out of that he you are that, he, i'm i'm over boy. here 
What you a, know, you you point? asked me out. I'm I'm waiting to eat my my steak and lobster, and you're over here just trying to to maintain everything focused on the appetizer. Dude, get to the point. We know we know what this is leading to. Just What's this leading to? Cut to the chase. Uh, that Michael Porter Jr. has earned himself consistent rotation role, and is it time to start talking about him stepping into the starting three? In, Who, who's who's spies going to take? Well, it'd come down to probably Barton or Harris, one of those guys stepping down. Yeah, he he probably need to ride that six man spot this year. Really? Because last time you were talking about him being in the starting yeah, rotation. Yeah, that sounds great. He's a rookie. He's, he's probably going to have to ride that six-man spot this year. He's, well, not, I mean, he's not exactly Luka Doncic out there. He, he really excited me. He can get a bucket. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to have to ride the six-man spot this year for the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> they're, they're, right. It's a good team, man. It's a good team. It is. Very if, if this is the Lakers, he's better than Kuzma. He could play for, Kuzma. for sure. For sure. You know what I mean? That's not even really all that close. I mean, this is a kid that would have been the number one overall pick if it wasn't for the back injury. And there appears to be no ill effects from that back injury now. Looks like a baller, man. Looks like a baller. All right. That's great. We keep talking about Michael Porter every day or what, man? This is your favorite player in the league right now, huh? Him or Jokic? Choose one. Oh, Jokic. Next 10 years. Jokic. Okay. All right. You sure? Positive. Because Jokic is already an all-NBA player. MPJ still has... Room that he needs to improve to be get to that level, but if he gets to that, if he gets to his, you know, if he approaches his ceiling, you're talking about something dominant here for the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, hey, per 100 possessions, he's averaging 27 points right now. Like, he, he can ball, man. He can play. He can play. I think we all agree he can play. Mm-hmm. No, nobody's throwing out the fact that he can't. I think I would definitely play him before I played Harris. So you would you would think about moving Barton down to the two, put get Gary to the bench to start MPJ, and, and just just kind of looking at what Harris has done prior to injuries, and looking at what Porter has done since getting the extra time. I would I would keep that fire that Porter's got, really kind of nurse Harris little by little, and let him, yeah, let him keep doing his thing. Slight pivot here. I think for the playoffs, you still have to have somebody play defense, and the only person who plays defense is Gary Harris. Gary Harris is leading the team in steals per game at one and a half. Playoff-wise, yes. That's steals. I mean, playoff he's the guy that you say, someone has to guard Damian Lillard, he's the guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? It's not Jamal Murray. It definitely ain't going to be Michael Porter Jr. And Will Barton's not that guy neither. At least not for Dame. But, you know. All right. Who, who do you think? Well, okay. Let me, before I pivot here, who do you think is more important to the Nuggets then, because you're talking about playoff-wise, Gary Harris is the guy you need. You're saying that you would bench Gary Harris in favor of keeping Barton in and sliding MPJ into the starting lineup. Who Who's more important to this team than Gary Harris or Will Barton? Gary Harris. Probably right now is, uh, oof. it's probably Gary Harris, because in the playoffs you need someone to defend. And if we're saying, all right, well, you're taking away a, uh, a ball handler, because Will Barton handles the ball. Jamal Murray handles the ball. Jokic handles the ball. So you're taking Will Barton away. Cool. Because Will Barton's been playing a great season. I'm not a huge Will Barton fan, but he's he's been been having a great season. I I would definitely keep him consistent. But with Gary Harris, as far as playoff-wise, I would take the rest of the season, get him back to what he is instead of rushing him back into the rotation, 
and kind of letting. Right. I guess you could say kind kind of let MPJ ride the train, and then put him back in his rookie spot and and throw him in every once in a while, especially in the playoffs. But I would I would make sure Gary Harris is your is your number three guy in the playoffs for sure. I just like I just like the threat of Michael Porter Jr. coming off the bench in the playoffs, being the, being a bench spark. Him and Monte Morris off the like Monte Morris is a pure point. Mm-hmm. Him 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 coming off the bench, Monte Morris in the playoffs, I think is is real electric. I like the length of him and Jeremy Grant off the bench, like being like your forwards, your wing kind of thing going on. I would yo man, I would just stay with Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, back backcourt. I would stay with Will Barton. You're, I, you're, I think that's a winning combo. Again, I don't think you're going to beat the Clippers or the Lakers. I think, I think you can mess around with the Rockets because I don't think the Rockets are as good as they were last year. Um, I think we'd probably get the Rockets in seven, maybe six, but um, I don't think we're beating the Clippers or Lakers regardless of who we got out there, really. All right, so I'm going to use this as a pivot point. You sent a text about this over the weekend. Um, Bradley Beal appears to be very unhappy with his situation in Washington. Now, this is a guy that you talked about earlier in the semester about being a potential target, somebody who would, you know, somebody who could be available that would fit well and fill a position of potential need for the Denver Nuggets. Right. What package do you think would be need to put together? And do you think with the emergence of a Michael Porter Jr. and that scoring there, is that still something we should be going out of our way to pursue? Hell yeah. But I don't think it's gonna happen this year. But I would, yeah. If if it's if he comes available tomorrow, yeah, I would trade uh, Gary Harris. I would trade Will Barton. Trade Paul Millsap. Basically anybody but Jamal Murray, Jokic, and uh, Michael Porter Jr. could go. And if it came down to it, I let Jamal Murray go. For Brad Beal, because hmm. Brad Beal's twenty six or twenty seven, so he's still got like seven years of his prime left. I love Jamal Murray, but if it came down to one of those two, I would take Brad Beal. I would I would take the trio of Beal, Porter, Jokic if it came, like if they weren't going to let Beal go. He is twenty six years old. Yeah, so he's got like, I mean, you know, these guys can still hoop at thirty two for the most part. So, and he just signed a new contract, yeah, yeah, fat contract. You got him on a contract for like four years, five, four or five. Because I'm not sure if he I, got a super max. I don't think so. No, I don't, but, I don't think so either. But. Again, I don't think it's going to happen this year, but yeah, I would trade basically anybody but those three. And if it came down, you know, to the nitty gritty, I would, I would let go of Jamar Murray to get Brad Bill. Now you've been very anti-trade early on, and with these three injuries, it's showing. It's really showing the depth of the Nuggets here, being able to. I mean, granted, we did lose to the Pacers, but more or less, not really miss skip a beat, being down three starters. Three very good starters that are very pivotal. And I if it came down to it to trade and and you're like you said, Phil, you're you're okay with getting rid of Jamal Murray for that certain situation. Right. Well, but what if it came down to losing Porter? No, nah, I wouldn't want to get rid of Porter for Brad Bill. Even though Brad Bill is probably in the argument of being like a top thirteen guy like this year. But Porter Jr. showing, man, I'd hold on to that, especially at six, like six ten, six eleven, whatever he is. Like he might still not be done growing. Like he still could get another like half an inch or whatever. Dude can play. 
Dude can ball, man. He a rookie making rookie mistakes. You know what I mean? He still can't legally drink or none of that stuff. You know how it is. All that stuff they say about the young boys. So, I mean, by the time he's 24, like. And that, that's you know? the thing, man. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's the thing. Like, such a young cat. And. Complete mismatch. Oh, yeah. For like 90% of the league. Yeah. Kind of in the vein of what Kevin Durant was. Yeah. He's too tall for you or he's too quick for you. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, or you're just as tall and he's like, he's just, his arm stretch is just, he's longer. Now, I, I agree with you that we may not be able to beat the Lakers, but I, I definitely think we can beat the Clippers See, in seven. I, I'm the flip. I'm, I don't think we could beat the Clippers, but I definitely think we could beat the Lakers. But let me, before we get completely off of this, let's say we do a trade package of Will Barton, Gary Harris, and Malik Beasley. And, that's enough to get bring in Bradley Beal. Does that change your opinion on how far we can make in the playoffs? To me, man, that would be something real nice because now you have a guy who can close right now. Brad Beal can close right now. You got Jokic. You're losing Gary Harris, Will Barton, and it, my, uh, just a, a random third. Beasley. Beasley. Because he's probably the most attractive of the young guys. I think, I'd let go of Beasley. Okay. I think we all know Beasley's going to be out of here. He, he's probably going like, to be I out of here. everybody's comfortable yeah. with him being out of here, even though he does contribute. Um, man, that 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 would that would be something. That would definitely be something. Because now you've got you've got a threat everywhere out there, and you've got enough talent to you can sit a couple guys and still keep offensive threats on the court. That'd be something. I think that we'd probably still lose because I still think the best player is Kawhi, and I think the other guy is LeBron, and he's got AD with him. I still think it probably need a, need a year to to get everything going. You know what I mean? I still think it probably needs some time. But I wouldn't be surprised if we pulled an upset on one of them. If, if again, we're talking about a fantasy imaginary lineup here of, like, Jamal, it'd be Jamal, Michael Porter Jr., Jokic, Brad Bill, and, like, Paul Millsap or Jeremy Grant. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, like that'd be real nasty. That'd be the best 2K team in, uh, for sure. But, yeah. It would also clear up some some uh, roles as far as the bench goes because then you kind of go down to just having uh, Morris as the backup for the guard positions. Clears things up there as well. And we still got a couple more guys. Like, isn't like, who else is on the bench? Like, if you let go of Harris and you not, let go of... Not really guard-wise, no. Easily. I mean, there's P.J. Dozier, but he's on a two-way contract, so he's not going to be eligible unless something unless we change something about that. Wancho would still be there to, to be to mess around with in uh, rotation. Which Torrey is great. Well, Torrey well, Craig's bad, but I think you can still play Torrey Craig. Like, it's not you like can he's take a rookie anymore. I think you can still mess around and play Torrey Craig in certain lineups. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Uh, like, the team still have depth. Like, it's, it's so deep that even if you let three guys go, like, you'd still have eight. Like, that's, like, that's why I almost <laughs> went with, like... Um, Barton, and then throw in Millsap or Grant as the other guy with Beasley, just because I feel like we're deeper at like the forward position than we are at the guard position. Matt, agree, big agree. Big All right, agree. we're gonna take a uh, small break, and then we're gonna switch sports once again. No, wait, I, I want to ask y'all one more thing when we come back, and then we'll switch sports. Hurry. Okay, because y'all, yeah, y'all had something interesting. Yeah. Sounds sounds good to me. You're listening to the EMP show along with. Micro D, as he's so quiet over there. Micro D, say something, man. Just say say anything. I love you guys. That, you go, man. Just met you today, bro, but you seem all right. That, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. You're listening to AIM Student Radio, home of the EMP show.
AIM Student Radio, home of the EMP show. And before the break, Phil wanted to ask us something. So, Phil, go ahead. Yeah, yeah let's dive back into the nuggets right quick. So, you guys were saying, oh, I forgot what it was. You were saying you thought the Nuggets could beat the Lakers or beat the Clippers? I think they could beat the Lakers. Yeah, lose to the Clippers. And you said they could beat the Clippers. Beat the I was Clippers kind of, yeah, yeah. the Lakers. Yeah. Well, dive into that for me. Break, why, why you think the Lakers could beat the Nuggets? Nuggets, Nuggets lose to Clippers. Why you think? Go ahead. I'll, I'll let you go first, Mike. All right. Because you always speak nonsense. But go ahead. I just kind of found it interesting that it was split. Like, yeah. You know. uh, well, first off, I think the, the Celtics or <laughs> Celtics. Oh, my God. The uh, Clippers are the better are the better team. I like their duo better. Uh, Paul George, I think there's more versatility there and better defense in particular. And I think when it comes to playoff time, I think defense is of greater importance in the playoffs than is during the regular season. I like their bench unit better for the Clippers as well. Uh, There's some pieces for the Lakers that have been playing well for them off the bench. Uh, KCP. I believe is one of their bench guys that's been playing well for them. And they did make some acquisitions that I like as far as interior. Uh, Bring in Dwight Howard was a big move for them, and he's been playing very well, it seems, for the Lakers. So I, I I think the Lakers are obviously still a really damn good team. I mean, they're they're number one in the West for a reason. I just like the matchups better against them. Than I do against the Clippers. I find that the matchups, as far as the Clippers, are a better fit for the Nuggets. And granted, man, we're we have Millsap, we have we have Harris and Murray coming back. I don't even know what what the estimate time is for their injuries. Off the top of my head, I don't. But I just feel with them coming back, the closer we get to the playoffs. Malone's really gonna gonna flirt with rotations and stuff like that. I I like our chances against the Clippers a lot better. I feel like we can beat them. I feel like we we got their number. Lakers, man. I mean, like you said, they're they're in first place for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's like anytime, even when we had Jamal Murray and Millsap and Harris, we still couldn't beat them. You know what I mean? It's I guess another thing with the Lakers, I, I somewhere in the back of my mind, I will always have the question when it comes down to it, the health of Anthony Davis. Because he's not someone who's historically been healthy throughout the entire season. Um, no. So I, I that, think that's a little bit. I think that's a little bit overrated because he's played like sixty games at least the last few games. But no, I, no, I feel just he's, yeah, he's a I mean, finesse guy who gets bumped around. Like he's missing time now. So yeah. yeah. So it's, I mean, so it, it's something um, to be taken into consideration. I guess for me, I guess we'll slide to the to the Rockies here next. I think the, um, I think the Clippers are better than the Lakers. Like I think when they play, if they play, I think the Clippers probably win in six. But I think, um, I mean, best case scenario is for the Nuggets is if the Lakers and the. Uh, Clippers end up playing in the yeah, second, second round. round. Yeah, for sure. No, but I I think that we, I think our biggest mismatch is is still Jokic, and I think he, uh, him against Harrow and him against Zubak is is the best matchup because I I just think Anthony Davis, Dwight, and LeBron end up swallowing end up swallowing Jokic in the end of it. So I, I think I kind of agree with you more that he can he can eat Harrow, he can eat he can eat Zubac, even if even if 
Paul and, and Kawhi and Pat Beverly just take away our perimeter. Yeah. I think we lose to both, though. But yeah. I mean, we'll we'll get our first real shot to actually see besides preseason where, you know, the Nuggets beat Clippers. Mm-hmm. But we get to see on, on February 28th, man. Yeah. Nuggets go. They're, they're at the Clippers, so we'll be able to see exactly what yeah. what we can look forward to. And then, I mean, even... even I mean, we, we just destroyed them last week, two weeks ago now, a week and a half maybe. We just beat them at like 20-something here at home. They're missing Paul George and stuff. And I try not to count the blowouts in the regular season because I just feel like, okay, something's going on there. But, yeah, we beat them. Yeah, we, we even won 14 like to 104. Yeah. But, I mean, like I'm, I'm assuming, you know, on the 28th, they're going to have everybody, everybody they need back. In, mm-hmm. the, in the lineup in the roster, and yeah, if not, then then definitely mm-hmm. by the second time we play them, which would be on a March 14th, they should have everybody back. Yeah, one thing kicking into basketball yeah. season here, the good games in the back end. I remember I was saying that, like all the good games they put in the back end. We got two of the Clippers here coming up. I think the NBA needs uh, needs to step their app game up. I like the NHL app so much better where you can like click on a matchup and it tells you like the entire season series between those two teams. So, NBA app people, step your game up. Um yeah, it will be interesting playing the Clippers uh, again, seeing how we match up with them when they're fully healthy. Yeah. Um we play the Rockets Wednesday night. I, Last thing on this, I guess, is the fact that this was supposed to be a nationally televised game, and we're getting kicked out of it for the for Zion's debut. Oh, definitely. Def- oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, even I want to see Zion. Oh, oh, yeah, that's February. That's twenty second, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, when it says scheduled debut is on. I wish it wasn't against the Spurs. Though. I wish they were playing a little some something more exciting than Spurs. But whatever. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's. I don't know. It's got flexed out of there. Yeah, it got flexed out, and we were the game that got flexed out instead of, I mean, I guess 76ers-Raptors is a good game, too. But, uh, yeah. but I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I see. I see. Some, those, some, those are two good games. It's kind those of are, Those are two good one. games. I think the edge kind of went to the 76ers partially because. The worst matchup there is the Zion the Spurs matchup. But Zion is the biggest star there. No, I, I'm looking forward to seeing Zion, man, so I, I can't hate on him for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand the draw to that and everything. It's just disappointing as a Nuggets fan yeah. to get kicked out of the national spotlight. Especially because we can't even watch games on regular TV. Yeah. We can't even watch them on altitude right now. So, yeah, that I mean, that is disappointing as well. But uh, Man, it, it is baseball talk. Hit that baseball music. I don't even know what the baseball music sounds like, man. We we but, still don't have baseball music. <laughs> What do we, used we, to do we do have baseball, baseball music? We, we do. Where? We Where's our something. baseball? The music. purple one. Oh, oh, the, oh we yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, we do. Remember, I color coordinated Definitely. all of it. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> all right. Now, the only baseball talk we really care about, because we got into the whole cheating scandal last week. Yeah, we that, that's already been taken care of. But the only baseball talk we really care about. Is what's going on with Nolan Arenado. That's all we care about. And yesterday, during an interview, uh, I, I believe it was like oh a text goodness. interview, um, he made a comment stating that he felt disrespected by the Rockies front office. A lot of disrespect from people there, and I don't want to be part of it. 
you can quote that. With that, do you... Number one, I mean, I I feel it's justified because he literally is the Rockies' best player. He He's arguably one of the best players in Major League and, Baseball yeah. history. I mean, to even throw his name out there as far as just willing to trade him away when he has stated that he wants to stay in Colorado, he wants to finish in Colorado, he wants to win a championship in Colorado, but to throw throw his name out there as far as possibly being traded, you you can you can justify the disrespect, right? Yes. Okay. Now this just came to me here. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Let me just say this quote right quick that I found from Arenado. Okay, go for All it. Right. This this just written Do yesterday. It. Quote me. Arenado specifically singled out his boss in a message to KMGH TV, saying Jeff is very disrespectful. I never talk trash or anything. I play hard, keep my mouth shut, but I can only get crossed so many times. All right. He upset. Yes, he's very much upset. Now, I am fully in Arenado's corner here. Um, I mean, it's you're talking about a team that there was so much excitement about. Back-to-back playoff appearances before last season. And then to kind of drop off like that. And not make any moves, like not active at all. There is money to be spent by the Rockies organization. But you, I mean, and this part isn't necessarily Breidich's fault, but it falls back on the Monforts when it's clear to the fan base that you're looking at this as a way to make money. You're not looking at this as, you know what? How can I win a World Series? It's clear that you don't care about that. You don't care about winning a World Series. You just care about having money coming in to your bank account. Now, so I'm 100% in Arenado's corner for this. But I want to ask you guys, can, can you see, can you draw any comparisons to this? To back when Jay Cutler was here... McDaniels was here, and then there was trade talk revolving around Jay Cutler, and it wasn't even necessarily, you know, initiated by the Broncos, but, you know, they listened to it. They didn't just dismiss it straight offhand, trade talk for Cutler, and Cutler got upset about it. And the rest is history. Can can you guys see any parallels between how Cutler's reacting to this and how Arenado reacted. Go ahead, Phil. Yo, man, I, I, I I'm not, I'm not, all, I'm not too familiar with the. Well, I, I don't recall the Cutler situation. I shouldn't say too familiar. I don't remember the Cutler situation fully. Explain what happened with that Cutler situation. Because I see here he's tripping because he's going into a rebuild. Is what it sounds like after he just got a big old contract for like an eight year two sixty. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that what we did with Cutler? Like we had just paid him, and then we started to go into rebuild. N- not quite. I think I believe he was still on his rookie contract for the Broncos, but it was basically he was upset that his name was even being used in trade talk. Now, mm-hmm. when it comes to this, now McDaniel's obviously not a fan of his, but I was one hundred percent not in Cutler's corner for this dispute. 
because yes, your name's out there. Yes, they heard, they listened to trade talks and whatnot, but that doesn't to get bent out of shape over just listening to trade talks seemed really childish to me. Right. Well, yeah. Especially, you know, and you know how these quarterbacks are, man. The quarterbacks feel like they own everything, so it's a little different, <laughs> you yeah. know. This this one, or Eddie, you, you talk about before I give my opinion here. So, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, man. When it came to Jay Cutler, I think I've played, I, I think I've seen him play like two or three games during his, his time here with the Broncos. Um, I... I've been able to see Arenado really develop. And you have to understand where Arenado's coming from because he is out there making his name. He is out there making everybody look at him mm-hmm. the way he plays. And, you know, you, you, you go through and, and you see you know, more articles on him and stuff like that. And you look, you you kind of have to take in consideration that, number one, with the, with the trade talks and stuff like that, that, you know, the Rockies GM has, has been doing, that has to not only show his disrespect that you stated you want to stay in Colorado, but then... Going from making the postseason 2017-2018 and then going to a 9-1 loss team last season, you kind of have to... Yeah, it wasn't even like just barely missing the playoffs. Yeah, it, it was pretty bad. But you kind of have to sit there in the back of of Nolan's mind and be like, are the Rockies going to to spend the money to get better players where we need them? To really make us a championship team, because if not, then why why stay? You know what I mean? I mean, so far, what what have the Rockies done as far as picking up anybody new? Really, nothing of note this season. And it's just been the the signing of I'm trying to think what that pitcher's name was. Oh, I can't remember offhand, but it's it's really been just just minor things. Rockies office hasn't done anything. The Monfords haven't done anything to push to bring in the right players we need to not necessarily just, just keep Nolan because of, of championship contention, but to really keep the fans interested. You know what I mean? Now let me let me play a little bit of devil's advocate here in just a moment. So the headline of this article I'm looking at ESPN. Nolan Arenado's eye are rooted in Rockies inactivity. First off do you could you see this at all being a play by Arenado to try to force the hand? I mean, it's late in in the offseason to try to do this, but to try to force the hand of management to hey, bring somebody else in, do something. How how is how is he forcing the hand? Because he on contract, he's stuck. Well. He, but he, I don't know, he has the... He ain't got no leverage. 
He does when it comes to the fans. He is his our fans. Yes, from from everybody is siding with Arenado. I haven't heard anybody say, "Oh, Arenado, why are you saying this? You need to shut up." Everybody's like, "Why are you? Why are you isolating and making the best Rocky of all time feel this way? Why are you doing this, Rockies?" We are mad at you, Rockies. No, no, no I feel you. You know, the fans would be upset because they love the players. The fans always love the players. Sort of. In baseball. But uh, he ain't got no leverage. Like, what, what is this about? See, like, I would, but, I would disagree with you because I feel like with baseball, possibly even more than other sports, it's about the team, not about the individual. It's about the team. You're a fan of the team. You're a fan of the Yankees. Okay, yeah, or yeah. The fan, the fans, the fans are are fans. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, where I'm saying potentially leverage is, could he be leveraging the only thing that it appears that management and ownership care about, and that's their bottom line? Because oh, if you are making the that's a hell no, Mike. No, that's a hell no. Because no matter who's out there, I mean. We've been, I don't know how long you've been here, but I've been here since I was born. And mm-hmm. we've been good, what, like four times? That stadium, they still get people down there. You know, like, yo, it, it don't seem to matter who we put out there. I don't, I don't think it, I don't think he has any type of, like, I understand, you know, it's a it's a team thing and the fans love the players more than they, and players on the team more than they're going to love the, the front office and stuff. I don't, I don't think it's going to threaten the front office because I don't think he's that big of a star. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's really bringing in the money like that. You think he's bringing in the money like that? I I could definitely say, yeah. Because I, I felt like we was going down there to see Troy, and Troy left. We was going out to see Nolan. Before Troy and Nolan left, we was going out at it. Like, he's he a great all-time guy, but I feel like, okay, when, when we trade him like we usually trade these guys, there's going to be a new guy, and we're going to go right down there to see him. And I feel like they know that. But, but I feel people tend to buy the Rocky sticks because they want to see what Arenado brings that that game. They he, want to see what spectacular stoppage he has, how he throws the ball, how he picks the ball one-handed and, and does his magic. I agree. You know what I mean? I agree, but you just told me that y'all love the team more than y'all love the player in baseball. And yet we are seeing here that is basically unanimous people are PO'd at the team. No, like going back to the whole color situation, there was there was some divide, you know, people upset with John Elway or McDaniels or the the, the Broncos because I don't actually don't think John it, Elway it was, was here at that mixed. time. It, yeah. was, it was very split down the middle. This is more everybody's on old Nolan side. Yeah, you, and, unanimously. And, and don't get me wrong, man. I mean, when when he was given his deal, his, his what was it like two hundred seventy million? It was because the Rockies front office told Nolan, we want to win. We want you here. You know? And to start off, before All-Star break, the Rockies were being phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And then after the All-Star break, they went downhill. And it's not hard. Yeah. And it's not like they have done anything since. To try and change the outcome, to try and make it back to the postseason. 
And I I see that as you have one of the greatest Rockies to ever ever put on a uniform, if not one of the greatest baseball players on your team who wants generational to win. talent. He wants to win. And you're not spending the money to get the right players in to make your team better, to make your team win. 100% agreeance. So y'all going to stop going to the games? I mean. Hell no. They're going to keep going to the games. And when they trade this dude, they're going to bring another guy in. That's kind of what happens here. Like, he ain't got no I mean, you got to think about this, man. I mean, they they get rid of. Too low? How long is it before they get rid of story? Blackman. Okay. Now you keep going back to Tulo. Now Tulo gave lots of reasons for fans to not want him here too. I mean, he 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 was not really playing down the stretch, constantly hurt. This time you're talking about some training right, somebody about before Tulo. Okay, who? Who was before Tulo? Tell me. I mean, Helton, Helton. lifelong. Like, he was here Rocky. forever. Larry Walker's not gonna is is not that he's lifelong too, basically. I mean. I just I don't I can't really think of another yeah. name. There was another nice cat here, so no, so it's just it's those four. Those are the four. I mean, you, you have to go yeah. back to like the because this is a relatively young franchise. And I mean, you're talking about like late. you got like Walt Weiss and Andres Galarraga, okay. Dante okay. Bichette, Eric Young. So, so you guys you think know. that if they were to get rid of Nolan like tomorrow, like I do attendance think would that, just drop. I do. It, th- it would think yeah. it would definitely you take attendance would, would yes. Take it would definitely take yeah. All right. Um. Man, no, man, because when I go to these games, the top row is is crazy filled, and they're not watching the game. They just up there drinking, having it's like a club up there. Yeah, until maybe there's... like the seventh, eighth inning, then then people will start paying attention to the game. So I'm like, they're not even really going to see the game. They just paying fifteen dollars to go to this like it's a club. They just buying a fifteen dollar rock pile ticket, going to the top floor where they can drink for whatever, not for free, but they can drink and have fun, walk around. I feel like we're going to be here. And I feel like they built the stadium that way on purpose. Like, yo, our product might not be the best on the field, but all, you know, all the other distraction, you'll come for the distraction. There, There is a segment of the crowd that is that. I mean, there is there are people who go to baseball games that don't necessarily even like baseball, but they like the experience. You know, you get to be outside. Baseball is the best for that, honestly. Which is one one like slight tangent. I I don't think dome should be a thing in football. I think all games should be played outside in the elements. But you you baseball, you are outside. You you enjoy the sun because you know we're in Colorado. It's going to be sunny the majority of the time. Uh, and you know you you're there. It's a social event for some people, like you're saying. You're there, you're drinking your beers, your friends are there, they're drinking right. their beers. It's not that but no you're, one's in your seats. But, it's just that when you look up there, it feels like half the oh, stadium is. But party. also, keep in mind, you're talking about the rock pile. You're talking about the top of the top of which are the cheap seats. Right, right, right. The actual more diehard, the the actual like Rockies fans, the baseball fans are in the money seats. Yeah, yeah. No, and no, that's again, where you're yeah, going to see a lot of the drop in, the money in attendance still. is in the money seats. Not in the party seats. I think so. Yes. I because I, I feel like the diehards are, are the diehards. Like they're gonna be diehardin. They're gonna be they're gonna be riding to the I mean you even look lead. you can't get more diehard than Broncos fans. And you would have seen a drop 
in attendance because they're unhappy with the decisions being made. And you cannot make yeah. the argument to me that there's more diehardness in Rocky fandom than in Broncos fandom. Yet you are seeing the drop in attendance. You're seeing the season ticket holders selling their tickets to road yeah, fans. Yeah, but that's not coming until we're, you know, week nine, week 12, and we're three and six. This isn't, at the beginning of the year, everyone's going. Everyone's going until we're completely trash and we know we're trash. Then they start selling their tickets. I don't know if that's the same for the, the Rockies thing. is just a party, I feel like. I don't, I don't feel like they're going to lose. I, I just don't think that they really care what their product that they're putting out here is. I think we can all agree with that, right? Like, they don't really... They're not, no, no, they're they, not trying to win the hardest. They care about the bottom line, right. which is which is where the argument that I'm right, somewhat trying to make here circle. Right. is that Arenado, with this, is it possible he is trying to attack them where it hurts most, and that's in their bottom line. That's the That appears to be the only thing that truly matters to them because there is plenty of money that they could spend. They are one of the richest owners in all of baseball, yet we have one of the smallest payrolls in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. There are going there are hitters that would probably love to play here for Colorado if you gave them n- you, n- not not necessarily money more money up. than other teams, but you yeah. at least gave them a respectable amount of money. So I, I, that's not what I I did not know that that we have one of the top 5 richest owners, Well, not top 5, but you said one of the richest. Yeah, I I I'd have I'll have to look it up to see what exactly, and we're going to have to take a break here so I can look it up during the break, but I'll have to look that up where that all falls in line there. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, touch a little bit more on this, but then we're also going to jump into the upcoming Super Bowl and some festivities. You're listening to AIM Student Radio, home of the EMP show. EMP show coming right back at you. Now, before we took the break, we we're talking some some Nolan Arenado. Yes, um, and it has been brought to my attention. You have more to elaborate on. Yes. Yeah, so, start off. Uh, I was slightly off on a couple things, and I'm going to admit that the. Rockies, after signing Nolan Arenado, actually climbed. They are currently 11th in majors as far as payroll goes uh, at $147 million. So I was, I was off on that. Big spenders. Uh, but when it comes to Nolan Arenado, you were actually making a point before we went to break that, you know, they – hadn't done anything and that Nolan Arenado could be feeling like, hey, you made this promise that we were going to be trying to win and yet you're going out and not doing anything. Right. Uh, couple things here. So one, when they did go out and spend money, they spent it on Ian Desmond. Ian Desmond has not produced as a Rocky. Correct. 
They went out. They spent money on. He's a non-producer. On the reliever, um, who they, who they spend the. I mean, I know Wade Davis. Wade Davis had an off year last year, but the year before that, he was really good. They spent oh Shaw. They spent a lot of money bringing Shaw in. They did that trade to bring in O. Um, so they've spent. They they have spent money in the past, not necessarily this off season. So let me play devil's advocate here. Could you say that management and that the ownership, instead of going out and spending more money, are maybe looking at the continuity and the return to form of, say, a Marquez, a Freeland, Gray coming back and playing like he was before, Wade Davis returning to how he played as Rocky his first season here as opposed to how he played last season, same going for McGee. And maybe, maybe they are more looking at it as like, okay, we had this handful of guys that had a off season last year. And if they return to form this year, we are a playoff team. I, let's see here. I, I would buy that for a dollar if there was any sort of sign during this current offseason of them trying to fix either their bullpen or trying to fix and bring in somebody else that can take Desmond's spot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But none of that has been done. There, There's nothing so far this current offseason to change the outcome and not be another 91-loss team. All right, so just off offhand here, okay? First base, we actually spent money to bring in Daniel Murphy. Um, would have preferred to keep DJ LeMayhew, if I'm going to be honest. But we spent money to bring in Daniel Murphy. Right. First base, solid at. Not great at, solid at. Not sure we could have upgraded this this offseason. Second base, we're looking at um, Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers to come in. He got hurt last season, but he's he's somebody the fan base and management has been super excited to see. He was a top prospect in all of baseball. I believe he was like number seven overall in all of baseball. So we're looking to slide him in there. Maybe not necessarily looking to try to bring in somebody else because you need to give him time and appearances there to really get into a rhythm. Right. Shortstop, third base, set there, not making changes. Catcher, I'm a huge Tony Walters fan. Pro, there wasn't, there also wasn't really anybody available that would have really been much of an upgrade at catcher. You go out to the outfield. You had David Dahl, probably at center, an emerging star. You had Charlie Blackman, who had another phenomenal year, especially at the plate last season. And then you have Ian Desmond, which probably could have upgraded at that position. But you're talking about, you know, seven out of eight positions where we are really happy with what we have. So there wasn't ton of room to try to upgrade that away. And then, of course, when you're talking about Ian Desmond, we have a ton of money invested in him. So I, I can I guess I can kind of see why we aren't trying to move on from that quite yet and then you look at pitching wise this is this is the biggest 
part that was the biggest um, disappointment last season. But when you look at pitching, so many of those parts, so many of those pieces, you can make a strong argument we're just having an offseason last season. Freeland, Marquez, Davis. So, again, goes back to do you really, if you're, if you're ownership and you're looking at that, you think to yourself, do we really need to go out there and spend more money? Or if these guys just return to form, we got something really nice here already. Well, the, 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 the biggest word that you said is if. Yes. If these guys return to form, then we have something nice. Mm-hmm. But that's a big if. It is. It is. And we need... And, and and mind you, I say this as in the Monforts, the, the Rockies head office. We need backup plans. Not, oh, look, look at our look at our number 15 prospect coming in. No. I mean somebody that is already established, somebody that can already prove themselves. That's what we need as a backup plan. All right. Looking, because most likely if we were to have tried to make an acquisition, it would have been pitching-wise. Right. Who was out there that you would have wanted them to have pursued this offseason? Let me, let me think here. I, I have a name in mind. Okay, who? Um, Mad Bum. Madison Bumgarner, bring in a lefty arm because Tyler Anderson left this offseason. Bring in the lefty arm uh, to complement Freeland, and hopefully Freeland returns for him, but gives us a consistent lefty there who has pitched a lot of games at Coors Field at altitude already. Now, you you speak on on Tyler Anderson. Okay, For, for some of you guys that don't know, he, he is... You know, I'll, I'll let you go and, and break down Tyler Anderson. Yeah. Tyler Anderson was a very hit or miss prospect, I felt like. Like, he had some games he came in, and he was very, very good in. But then, you know, his next outing, he'd go out and give up seven runs in the first three innings. Sometimes first inning. <laughs> yes. So, it, Tyler Anderson, I'm not overly upset that he left. Um, And where did he go? Oh, I want to say he went to the... He went to California. Um, he he went to. I want to say AAA. Did he? I want to say he. I'm trying to think, because I want to say uh, the he, San Francisco Giants is where he went. Right, but I do believe he was sent down to their AAA team. Mm. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, this still lists. I mean, I don't know if they send him down to Triple A if it would, if this would change, or if it still just lists the Giants. But it still says current team San Francisco Giants number seventy four pitcher. Uh, maybe not. Maybe he's, maybe he's not down Triple A like I thought. But I mean, regardless, right? Mm-hmm. You, you hit you hit it perfectly when you say that he was so hit and miss. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, he'd come out and have a a phenomenal performance in one game, and then come out and 
drop seven runs in, in, in the first inning. Mm-hmm. But how else would the bullpen benefit by bringing in one or two relievers that you know aren't going to give you or your team the unnecessary four or five runs. All right, so if we're talking about pitching, another thing that I'd be remiss if did not bring up is the uncertainty of – that's why I bring up Mad Bum as somebody to bring it is because he's pitched here on a consistent basis all his career. Okay, he's always had games here at altitude. So he's he knows what to expect. When you're talking about bringing in pitchers from other places, it is it is so different pitching at altitude. How you can get a cut on your ball, how you're just your movement when you're pitching. So it's such a crapshoot trying to bring in somebody who hasn't pitched here. And you saw that with bringing in um, who was the who was the closer guy we brought in before Wade Davis a couple seasons ago. Uh, that was, I want to say Johnson. No, no, no. Johnson was just recently. Yeah. But, what? Yeah. I can't think of his name, but you, you see that when you try to bring in these pitchers from other was places. Was it McGee? No, not no, McGee. Because McGee's still on the squad. There you go, McGee. Um, but it wasn't you, Adovino. No. Really wish we would have kept Adovino. That is... That is probably the biggest regret because he could pitch here at altitude. Yeah. Um, but you talking about bringing guys who could be fabulous at these other places, but you make that change, pitching here, pitching in Colorado, pitching at altitude, and it they ju- the game just doesn't translate to here for a lot of these pitchers. Right. So, it, yes, we could have probably brought in somebody relief-wise, but... It is so hard, and really, you look at guys we brought in, so kind of unlikely that they're able to transition their game here to altitude. And again, playing devil's advocate, as ownership, as management, I feel like you could look at it and say, you know what, it's more likely that our guys that we currently have here can get back in and pitch like we've seen them pitch here at altitude and be successful than bring in somebody who does not pitch here does not know what it's like to pitch here and throw them into it right right now what's what what's your take phil we may need to overhaul the roster why well, if, if we're talking about getting rid of Nolan Arenado here pretty soon, because that's probably what's going to happen. Who else we got? You got, you got your boy Story. Yep. And uh, you got, you the got Charlie guy. Blackman. Blackman. No, no, I wouldn't. Well, okay, okay. Doll. He wasn't the guy I was thinking about. Doll. He wasn't the dude I was thinking about either. Ian Desmond? On. Desmond, the black dude. There you go. Isn't he a black dude? Yeah. Yeah. That's, Is he really? That's yeah. Am I tripping on that? No, I, you're not. I thought he was Hispanic. Pretty sure he's black. Who's the black dude on the team? Ian Desmond. No, 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 no. He is thinking of a. Are you thinking Tapia. about Tapia? Tapia, yeah. Nah, it's it's Desmond. 
It's, I, I wasn't thinking about well, Tapia. Well, Tapia, Tapia is the dark. All right. So, but all right. So, it was Story, Blackman, and Desmond. Other than that, it seemed like it's probably time to re- rehaul. Because oh, you move. If you are rehauling, the yeah. two guys you hold on to for sure is Story and Doll. Because Doll's that five star guy who's a budding superstar. Okay. Desmond's approaching the end of his career. Okay. I will I'm, not, I'm not. I, I would with Dahl definitely at all. keep okay. Blackman too. Blackman, if you're doing a rehaul, if you're truly, if you're truly trying to rebuild and do a rehaul, you move on from Blackman. You guys agree that it's time to rehaul? Like, uh, no. I have to get rid of no no. No. It's not time to rehaul. It's time to, you know, buy flowers, go get some chocolate. Anything but rehaul, huh? Try try to, you know, kiss and make up with Nolan Arenado. Because You think he's a lifelong guy here? Right now. Right now, or no, life, I don't. Lifelong, you know, all his career. I mean, you know, all his prime. I, I don't think so with the way the relationship is right now. So, what do you do if he's gone? If he gets moved, what you do? If he gets moved, because I think that's what's going to happen. Eventually, he's going to be up out of here. Unfortunately, going, going to it a winning seems roster, like it. Yeah, uh, the winning franchise. You know, that's what makes this season so important and getting off to a hot start this season. Because I think a lot of this relationship can be mended if the Rockies win. <laughs> yeah, winning winning cures everything, almost everything. But win, yeah, winning. I mean, there's a lot of relationships winning. that I, you know, you win and you can put on a happy face because yeah, you're winning. Because you're winning. But I don't necessarily think it actually fixes the relationship. I think it puts a bandaid over it. I think winning in this situation could fix it because it seems like a lot of what Arenado is upset about, at least according to these articles, is the fact that we ain't winning. They aren't winning. We ain't got no body. So you win and it and that that gets healed. Yeah. It's not just a band aid situation like you see a lot. Where's Nolan from? Do we know where he's from? Southern California. That that's that's one of the things is you know talking about him wanting to play for the I yeah, believe I'm it's the yeah when I hear any, anytime I hear anybody's from LA I'm like the LA boys tend to want to go back. <laughs> L.A. people tend to think L.A. is the best thing in the world. So, yeah. All right. Well, we need to take a break here. We still got a lot of stuff to get into. When we get back, we are going to... Dive into some pick scheme? Yes. Dive quickly into some football here. I don't know if I want to do that. What do you want to dive into? You want to dive into some Stevie's greatest hits? We might. Yeah. We might. But I don't know what I want to dive into. Maybe, Maybe we'll dive into, like... Food. Maybe we'll dive into like. If you're talking about literally diving into food, I'm in. I mean, I don't know what I want. Some mac and cheese. I don't know what I want to do. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind diving into a bowl of mac and cheese. Maybe I just want to dive into some break. I'd say chili, but I feel like that would burn. That is true. It would burn. Open up your pores, though. (laughs) You're listening to the EMP show here on AIM Student Radio. Wood means rewind, a gunshot means forward. You requested it, so we rewind. That is right. You are back with the EMP show. And real quick, I, we haven't done this like at all yet because, you know, we had Monday off. But let's get let's get into the the, the weekend rewind. Okay. And what better way to get off into the weekend rewind 
Then I talk about certain sports that happened. Well, this is a sports show, so. Particularly on Sunday. Somebody got beat up. And who was that? A lot of somebody's got beat up. Well, we'll go. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let's go with this one first. Well, on the Fox channel, it was the Green Bay Packers who got beat up, ran all over, stomped, punked, embarrassed. I guess it wasn't at home. It was on the road. But they still, yeah. they still got it done to them. Down. My bad. That's not the one I was thinking of. They were they were down twenty seven nothing at half. Now going back and looking at our our picks for this game, um, we basically all said that San Francisco would win. I thought Green Bay would at least cover the seven and a half spread though, which did not happen. This game was not nearly as close as I don't know that I would have thought at least. Uh, San Francisco ends up winning thirty seven to twenty. Basically, on the legs of Raheem Mostert. 220 yards and four touchdowns in this game. He outscored the Green Bay Packers on his own. No extra points or anything. They didn't even need that quarterback. No. He, he, Garoppolo threw eight passes in this game. Six of eight for 77 yards. Mm -hmm. Compared to Aaron Rodgers, who threw 39 times in the loss. That's two weeks in a row. They ain't had to have their quarterback throw for 100 yards to win. Yeah. 100% there. Yeah, that's pretty uh, um, pretty embarrassing there for the Packers. Yeah. We thought they'd be better than that. Um, yeah, they got beat up. They got punked. They got ramrodded, taken behind the woodshed, all that stuff. What do you want to say? Um, they got embarrassed. Tavon Coleman also went down with an injury in this game. So that's going to be something to keep in mind going forward for the Super Bowl. Uh, but they do have Matt Breda, who was their starter early on in the season and had a great start to the season. I believe I remember from the telecast saying that this was the first time in NFL history, or at least the first time in a long time, that a team had three backs go for over 600 yards apiece. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they, they, they got there. They got there. They haven't had to throw the ball very much at all. I think they've thrown a... I think the stat I heard was since Garoppolo threw that interception versus the Vikings in the divisional round, they've ran the ball 71 times, thrown it 12, which is ridiculous. Yeah. On the flip side, Devontae Adams was more or less the only bright spot for the Packers. Uh, nine catches for 138 yards. Uh, Graham had a decent game, four catches for 59 yards, but – the Packers were more or less just outclassed in every facet of the game. I'm going to tell you this right now. Nobody cares about this game. Okay. Nobody cares. So it's all about the Titans and the Chiefs game then? No. No. I'm going to tell you what everybody cares about, especially when it revolves around the Super Bowl. What? Commercials. Commercials. I'm... I'm I'm challenging you guys right now. Let's make a radio commercial, a radio Super Bowl commercial. How would you, how would you guys want to go about doing that? You know, we can even make a video and put it on the Facebook. How would you guys want to go about doing that? I don't know. But it just popped in my head. Right. Like, I'm, I'm listening to you like, recap the game. I'm like, we're going to have to get our creatives on this. 
Yeah. You know, get our creative minds on this one, draw it out, get some acting. Yeah. Get it out there for uh, two weeks from now. I wonder if we know anybody that is very good at, like, recording. Well, I can hold a camera. There you go. That's what's up. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, like we, we're going to do that. In the other game, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I like how you to interrupt me. You were the one who interrupted initially. That's true. That's true. <laughs> in the other game, the Kansas City Chiefs took on the Tennessee Titans and really dominated that game as well, winning 35-24. to The darling of the playoffs, Derrick Henry, was held to a lowly 3.6 yards per carry in this game, only getting 69 yards total uh, on the ground. Under 100 yards for Derrick Henry. How impressed are you with what the Chiefs did defensively against the Titans there? Um... It was all right. It was all right. I mean, it's you know their best defense is Pat Mahomes. That's kind of what that's kind of what happens out there, and they get they get you down far enough, and you can't really just run the ball like that. No but the Tennessee was up early. They were up ten nothing in this game, and then up seventeen to seven. So it wasn't like they were taken out of their game plan early, Tennessee. Yet they still could not get Derrick Henry going up against this. What during the regular season was a porous run defense of the Kansas City Chiefs. Man, they were down seven by what? The middle of the second quarter? Um, Let's see here. They were down by four at halftime. Chiefs or Titans? Titans were down four Titans at halftime. Down, down four at halftime. And that held true through... Really, this game did not did not become, you know, a two-score game until the fourth quarter in the favor of the Chiefs. The Titans had three quarters where they could run their game plan. They, there was no need to be in desperation mode through three quarters. Yeah, but I believe there was a play there where they didn't go for it. Somewhere around the 50 or the 40-yard line where they probably should have went for it and didn't go for it, and that's basically what... Kind of the same thing with the Texans, where that they didn't go for it on a, on one down, and that's kind of what turned the tide from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of what I saw. I got the uh, the Chiefs' defense... The Chiefs, I mean, they're okay. I'm really, excited, really looking forward to the Super Bowl because it's just a clash, but uh, of, of of opposites. But I wasn't that impressed with the Chiefs' defense. I just felt everything they do is, is it's on Mahomes. But especially when you, I don't know, I was impressed with their defense, and especially when it comes to playoff football, when it comes to Super Bowl football, so much comes down on your defense. I don't care how good your quarterback is. Uh, so much of it comes back on your defense. We'll get a lot more into that next week when we dive into it. So to kind of wrap this up, we have all next week. We have Super Bowl week to really dive into the matchup here. I just want gut reactions here. Gut reactions, Super Bowl. What's your gut tell you? My gut tells me the Chiefs will win because Pat Mahomes is probably the best athlete in the world right now. Close, big. Uh, probably get it done by six. You know, somewhere else under under a touchdown. Eddie, I'm gonna go San Francisco, and I'm gonna say by ten. We got, right. got over there, Madison. There's only two teams to choose: Kansas City or San Francisco. Choose one. San Francisco. All right. Speaking to the mic, Madison. Yeah, there's a Madison. There's a, there's a microphone over there, Madison. 
Act like you've been here before. Don't be looking at Mike. He can't save you right now. You're in San the jungle. Francisco. Okay, cool. There you go. San Francisco. All right. My gut says off the bat, San Francisco wins by 21. I think they just blow out. I think they blow that out is, Kansas City. That has got to be the stupidest thing I've heard you say. The line right now All is right. KC minus one. So, again, don't want to dive too far into this, but just why my gut reaction is this. Go back to Super Bowl, what was it, 48. Broncos had uh, the best offense in the history of the NFL, went up against the Seattle Seahawks and a one of the better defenses the NFL had seen, and it's the defense that won out, and we got trailer stomped. I feel that. I feel that. But I, 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 I just. But you're talking about two completely different teams. Yeah, and players at, at the quarterback home. Now, but in this game, you're talking about a team that has a phenomenal defense and a really great offense in San Francisco, and you're talking about what's been. That's part of why I asked about how you felt about the defense after last week. You're talking about a very one-dimensional team for most of the season in Kansas City. Not good defensively. Mm-hmm. Relying on Mahomes mm-hmm. and Tyreek, and yeah, yeah, they've got monster options. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel you and all that, but I, I'm I'm not sold on Garoppolo. I I, I think he, I don't think he has shown us anything yet. Who was sold on Russell Wilson before that Super Bowl, outside of Seattle? Nobody, nobody, nobody. But there was a lot more that Russell Wilson was doing to get them to the Super Bowl. There not really. They not were, really. Yeah. I'm you were sure. relying on a running game, which is what San Francisco not, is relying not on. Not the way that San Francisco is relying on their running game. Again, 71 runs and only 12 passes in almost two games here. Again, It, we'll, it wasn't that bad. For we'll Russell. dive a lot more into this last week, and then you'll all you'll probably come over to my side that San Francisco is probably going to trailer stomp Kansas City. Um, but that that's all really to talk about on the NFL. We have the Pro Bowl coming up this weekend, and we have all next week to dive into the Super Bowl matchup. Yeah, let's get into it. All right, so what are we what are we doing here next? Did you want to touch on the UFC fight from Sunday night, Eddie? Yeah, let's let's take a commercial <coughs> break, and then we'll we'll touch on on that. We'll we'll touch on a few things, but uh, yeah, let's go and do that. Small commercial break. AIM Student Radio, home of the EMP Show. I'll stay true. AIM Student Radio, home of the EMP show. Shout out to my main squeeze out there, Dwight. Looking beautiful as always. With his main squeeze. All right, guys. That is it for today. Join us tomorrow. Give me two words to describe uh, Conor McGregor before we get out of here. That fight lasted 40 seconds. You got 20 seconds. Half the time of the fight. Go. Absolute trash. You have another... 17 that seconds. That was perfect. Then you could bounce with the no, exit no, right no, there. No, no, no. That's, that's Conor right. McGregor. Absolute trash. Give me two words as you hit the exit. Should not fight. I said a hit.